the season of Christmas is really, to me, uh, the most wonderful time of the year. We, if we didn't have Christmas, we couldn't have Easter, right? Okay, so it really is the origin story for those of you that like superheroes. I think Jesus is a great one. Um, it's the origin story and it's important. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to walk through this story of how God came to earth as his own creation. It's a really incredible story. And I think maybe we familiarize ourselves with it. But every year that I taught at CCA, I would go through some details of the Christmas story and they'd say, what? I didn't know that was in there. You know, things like the three wise men showing up the night Mary gave birth. That's not a thing. It didn't happen. Um, so like things like that, that we think, oh, just because we've seen pictures and nativities and stuff like that. And you're like, wait, they didn't, Pastor? We'll talk about it this month. Anyway, um, I'm really excited because it means God is with us. And um, unlike the other religions in the world, we have a hope that God truly is with us. Jesus was a historical person who really lived, died, and resurrected on this earth for you and I. So when I was younger, um, I got to admit, I was afraid of the dark. How many of you were afraid of the dark? At what age do you not be afraid of the dark? Should I be over it by now, Bill? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> Bill says no. <laughs> I've, to, I've told this story before, and some people deal with it even as adults, but mostly, you know, as you mature, you start to realize, okay, it's not that bad, no big deal. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, you know, even running from your car in the driveway to the house or whatever, you're like, whoa, what was that, you know? And you get a little freaked out. I've told this story before, but if you haven't heard it, you're hearing it for the first time. If you have, then you're hearing it for the hundredth time. And that is, when I was a little kid, I feel like my mom, she loves me to death, she's going to listen to this message, uh, but I I feel like she tried to punish me sometimes because just to see my response. And that was, hey, Dexter, will you go downstairs into the basement (laughs) where the light switch is not at the top of the stairs. It's at the bottom of the stairs to go change over the laundry. No, I will not do that. No, I didn't say no. I didn't have the courage to do that. Um, and thank God, because I wouldn't be here today. Um, if I, So I said, sure, mom. And then as I would start to go down that deep, dark, wooden, creaky staircase into the dungeon of death called the basement, I would stomp my feet really loudly as I'm going down. I'd start singing worship songs in the name of Jesus in the, all the way down. And you, you laugh, but... Had you known that song, you'd have done the same thing, okay? And I would be singing, hoping that I'd scare the devil out of whatever was in there, you know? Um, but it was creepy, and I was really, I was terrified. Now, my remembrance of the story, or my remembrance of that experience, uh, rather, is humorous now. But that fear was really real, it was incapacitating. It, it was debilitating to me. I literally, I was paralyzed by that fear walking down to the basement. I can remember crying and my mother assuring me, honey, the house is locked. The, all the windows are safe, like nothing wrong. I just, I'm cleaning up the kitchen. Go do the laundry downstairs. And I can remember tears in my eyes begging, please don't send me there. You and I have an experience like this as a child where we might be scared of the dark. And it's funny that today's worship songs, it's 
awesome that today's worship songs highlighted this fact, talking about walking out of the darkness and experiencing the light, because that's really something that we should think about during this time of year. I love the lights on the Christmas tree. I love how we have candlelit times of worship and celebration and things like that that help us to just kind of close off everything else around us and be thinking about this. But darkness is used in scripture to communicate the absence of God. And that's something that you should really think about. The absence of spiritual life, the absence of God's presence, the absence of who he is. It says in the beginning, and it starts in Genesis, and says there was darkness and a great void, but then God showed up and he brought light into that place. Well, then things change as he built humanity and created this, this world that we live in. Um, we fell victim to and allowed ourselves to become those who accepted sin into this world. And sin brought darkness into the light that God had. The story of Christmas helps us understand that Jesus Christ then comes into the world thousands of years later to then reinstall that light. To do something that would cause that light to power like never before. And to be able to actually transition from him, Jesus, to you and to me. So the title of today's message is The Light of the World. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone or shined. Isaiah chapter 9 continues in verse 6 and 7. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus' arrival on this planet, has understood by the Spirit of God and began to prophesy to tell about the Messiah and Him coming. John chapter 1, go there with me, and the verses will be on the screen. This passage is 14 verses, but stick with it, okay? Listen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. I want to stop there and tell you, John, as he's writing this, is capitalizing word with a capital W, associating it with Jesus Christ. Verse 3, it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse 7 says, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9 tells us the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Isaiah prophesies about the Messiah, and now John is reporting about the Messiah. He's telling the details of the Messiah being here on the planet. Look at what it says in John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them, and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus not only embodies the Messiah, he, he is the Messiah, but he declares it as such. He says, I am the light of the world. He is the light of the world. But then there's another dynamic or another level. Jesus actually says in Matthew chapter 5 that his followers have become the light of the world. Verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is the light of the world and those who know him, who love him, who are growing in relationship with him, they become lights in the world too. Our world grew spiritually dark when sin entered. But now a light has shined so bright that it can eradicate sin. And that light, we have it inside of us. Those who are believers, we have it inside of us. And so throughout the, the world's history, in every society, in every culture, darkness has invaded. And we see it. You can see it on the news. You can hear it on the local news, on the national news, on the international news. You know that the darkness is present in the world. That the absence of God's presence in some of those places because of the will of people has caused it to grow darker and darker and darker. But Christmas reminds me that we have hope. That Jesus is our hope. That he really truly is the hope that we can hold on to. And as we come into the Christmas season, it's important that we make sure to keep that truth in focus. That Jesus is the light of the world and those who know him are lights too. I want to read to you what it says in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 through 16. Paul's writing to this group of believers, this church in this city. And he says something that I wish was not in the Bible. But he says this. And he's talking about them working with each other and having relationship with each other as people do. He says, do all things without grumbling. Another version says, without complaining. And or questioning. Another word for that would be disagreement or arguing. So you can scratch that one out and just move to the next verse. It says that you may be blameless, innocent children of God without blemish, without a mark on you in the midst of a crooked and twisted, we could say world. He's talking about the present generation then, but that still applies today. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Verse 16 says, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor 
in vain. So how can you be a light in the world? I want to give you today three practical ways to be a light in the world. And this works not just at Christmas. It works all the time. You should try it. The first thing is this, what just came out of Philippians chapter 2. It is hold fast to the word of life. I want to say something to you and I want you to think about the simplicity of this statement. You cannot hold fast to something that you never touch. I need an organ, don't I? Um, I worked hard on that. It's true, though. You can't hold fast to something that you never touch or rarely touch. When we talk about holding fast, we're talking about an anchor for our souls. We're talking about an anchor in this crazy world and this crazy time that we live in. And we can't do that right or correctly or properly if we're not holding on to what is really true. God and his word. The Bible says really clearly that we are to do this. Paul was encouraging that church. And here's how I look at that today. What I would say in putting it in our terms today is you and I need to prioritize spending time in God's word. In the hustle and bustle, in the travel plans, in all the present buying and wrapping and unwrapping and the decorating and the undecorating and all of that stuff. We have got to make sure that we're honoring God with our lives and spending time with him during this this season. And not just this season, but every season. The thing is, if you're not holding fast to the word of life, then what you're ending up losing is life. You're, You're losing that light source that can provide you with life. In fact, Psalm 119, 105 says this. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I tell people all the time when they say, Pastor, I've got this decision. I'm not sure what I should do. What do you think I should do? My first question is, have you prayed about it? And what do you think God wants you to do? Have you read the word of God? Have you seen anything in his word about this? Then we've got to consult the source of all wisdom, of all truth, of all of those things. And we've got to know God's word. We've got to know who he is and we've got to hold fast to that word. The second thing is this, and it's pretty simple, simple worded. Put yourself out there. Some of you might remember this from dating days. Um, sometimes you just got to put yourself out there. You're not going to get accepted every single time, but you just keep putting yourself out there. And eventually something bites. And I was, I was standing here this morning and I was thinking how beautiful my wife is. And I thought, as I heard you sing this morning, I thought, man, I'm so glad she has a beautiful voice and a beautiful spirit because she really, really, truly, cause I missed you this week. I love you. Um, so I put myself out there and I was terrified. Um, I was absolutely terrified. And she didn't actually say yes when I asked her to marry me. You should hear that story some other time. Um, but so I paid her enough money and she said, yeah, okay, fine. No, not that, not the case. But uh, what ends up happening is we've got to put ourselves out there and you've got to do so in a spiritual sense when it comes to the light that you have. Let me say it to you like this. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, he said, let your light shine before others. He's telling us no one lights a lamp and then puts uh, something on top of it that would snuff it out or keep the light from shining. You light a lamp and you put it in a high place. 
I did some research this week and was looking into the life of Thomas Edison and looking at the fact that Baltimore here in America was the first city that had gas street lamps um, even before Paris. And like, there's some really cool details about lighting and all of the stuff that went into it from flames in Rome on torches all the way till this day and all the improvements we've made. But it's got to have a source of fuel or electricity to light. You and I need that too. But you got to put yourself out there. Whether you're timid or outgoing, you are called to be a light in this world. Whether you're an extreme extrovert, like I consider myself to be. Truly, I'm an ambivert, but that's fine. Um, that means I'm a little bit of both. Depends on the day. Um, but whether you're an extreme extrovert or an extreme introvert, you have a light that deserves to be shined because other people are living and walking in darkness. And they need this hope that we have during Christmas. It's not just about some baby being born. It's about the Son of God coming to live with you and I. And he lives even today inside of us. And this is only possible, putting yourself out there is only possible if you take time to intentionally interact and engage with people. It's hard to not be selfish um, I find it hard. That was really quiet. Uh, it's hard to not be selfish. Uh, but what I would say is, as you engage with people, ask them questions about their life. Get to know them. Eventually, faith comes around. You know, I don't walk up to a brand new coworker and say, hey, my name is so-and-so, and I love Jesus. Do you? Uh, that's not how that goes. You don't have to be weird. In fact, I don't want you. To, I don't think God wants you to be weird. Okay? I think he wants your light, though, to engage others who live in darkness so that they can be those who live in the light. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you boldness to be able to share your faith and put yourself out there. I really believe truly that God is pleased with us when we are shining our light to those around us. And number three is this, always point to the source. When Jesus said, let your light shine before others, that wasn't the whole sentence. The rest of that sentence says, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I've met some kind people in my life, but I've met some other people who love the Lord with all their heart, their soul, and their mind, and it motivates them to be kind. And there's a huge difference between the two. I can be nice to someone without having the love of God inside of me. But when I do, if I have good works, like Jesus says, so that they see my good works and give glory to my Father in heaven, this is a powerful thing. That means that the light is contagious. Our goal should never be to bring recognition to ourselves, but always to bring glory to God. That's why Jesus talks about when you give, don't let your, I'm going to put it in paraphrasing, but don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. You know, do it in discretion and stuff like that because we don't want to go and publicize and because then we're getting the reward, the accolade from the people. So we've got to think about that when it comes to doing the good works that get, that cause them to give glory to God because it's one of those things that if we do stuff and make that part of who we are, not just a one-time thing, but part of who we are, then we will always be pointing back to the source. Worship team could come and join me. I want you to think about that modern light bulb for a minute. These bulbs are not the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> think, of, 
think, think about a modern light bulb though. It has to have a power source to illuminate. It has to have an electric current going through it. Edison is not the first person who designed a light bulb. He's just the one that came up with the best version of what was there because he worked and he worked and he worked on it. And we've improved and improved and improved. But here's the thing. In order to have light like we do in our modern world, you still need some sort of power. Battery power, electric current, whatever it may be. Think about the candles that you light in your house to make it smell good. They have a source, a fuel source that's in the wax that keeps that wick going or an oil lamp. It's got to have fuel or else it'll go out. And maybe if you're like me, there have been seasons in my life where the light has not gone out, but I've sure allowed it to go dim. This is not the season for that. This is the season for us to let our light shine brightly before others. Because we are, according to Jesus' words, if we follow him and love him, we are the light of the world because he is. So I want you to stand with me today. I want you to pray a simple prayer in your seat, in your own way. You don't have to say these exact words. But we've made this a habit of our church over the last couple years. And I really like this. And it's just a simple prayer that says, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? God, what are you trying to speak to me today? Maybe there's someone you thought of that you can shine your light. Maybe you've analyzed yourself and thought, "Mm, I'm a little dim. I need to get back into the word. I need to make sure I'm tapped into that source of light for fuel. Whatever it is, I really believe that God wants us. He wants to answer our prayers today because he wants us to be that bright light. And Meg, you can be a bright light in your world, but I'm not in your world, in your daily world with your coworkers and your friends. Same thing, Katie. I can't light your world. Only you can. It's the same thing across the board with all of us. And so that's why it's the gospel and the goal, the mission that we have is that each one of us would be a small flame to be able to light up the entire world. Father, I pray today that you would help us. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of our hearts. Challenge us and change us and help us to shine bright for you. God, if there's things in our life that have caused us to grow dim, I pray that you would put your finger on them and help us to see them and know them and get rid of them. Lord, I pray that if we have people who maybe we haven't shined brightly around, maybe we're nervous or whatever the case may be, I pray that you would help give us the boldness to be able to shine. And Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your only begotten son to this world, born of a virgin, experiencing the lowest of the low, to be able to come into this creation and to be able to dwell with us. Thank you that you allowed your light, the light of heaven to shine in our hearts. God, we thank you for that and help us to share that light with others in Jesus' name.